0: Lift your Bible up and say, it out loud, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. I am about to hear the Word of God. I will apply it to my life, and it will change my life. And I will never, 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 never be the same in Jesus' name amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's go today to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want to uh, continue with some of this that I've been on, if you will believe. And uh, I uh, I preached, obviously, the same messages in both campuses. I want us all saying the same thing. The Lord said to us concerning 2022, uh, he made the statement, uh 2022 what will it hold what will occur what will you see and he said dissatisfaction and disillusionment will prevail in the minds of many you know the lord told brother jerry in the word that he gave him the uh, the year of the open hand of god and he talked to him about much of the same things dissatisfaction uh he talked about turmoil things of that nature but notice It said, not only those in the world, but for many in the body of Christ that have given their minds and thoughts over to the information that the world and ungodly sources continue to pour out. Many in the body will begin to lose hope and will even begin to speak like the world and say there is no hope, nothing will change. And those things which they speak will be established to them and they will lose hope, and they'll give up. Notice in this word, the Lord placed emphasis on two things, our thinking and our believing. Our thinking and our believing. Hallelujah. Our thinking and our believing. He said they'll begin to think like the world, and they'll begin to speak like the world, and what they speak will be established to them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I I see this so much. Too many preachers today uh, are preaching opinion. Opinion. They're they're getting up in the pulpit and giving political commentaries. Bad-mouthing the government. Bad-mouthing the administration. Uh, you, you, you go to Christian news sites, and it's all aimed at bad-mouthing the government, bad-mouthing the administration. Amen. Uh, there, there's preachers spend half their message quoting the founding fathers. Well, I love the founding fathers. I'm a patriot. I'm a card-carrying member of the NRA. Amen. You meet me in a dark alley, I got a friend with me. My friend speaks Austrian. His name is Glock. All right? Hallelujah. I also have another one with the initials AR. He's at home most of the time. But my point is, my point is, so I believe in America. I love America. Amen. Amen. But the founding fathers are not Bible. They're not Bible. I know that they were godly men, most of them, and I appreciate that, and I'm I'm a student of history, but they are not Bible. Political commentary is not the word. Are you following me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and they're being hard about it. Are you following me? They're being hard about it. Taking a hard line. And, and people that may have done something or believe a little different than they believe about natural things have a hard time sitting under it because it's not truth and it's not love. Isn't that what Paul said in the book of Ephesians? He said, speak the truth in love. Is it love and is it truth? I said, is it love and is it truth? But you've got ministers standing up and they're preaching such a hard line that if you don't believe like they believe, they just make you feel like a second-class citizen. Amen. About those things. Those things that are going on in the world. Hallelujah. And uh, the problem with that is my opinion has to come from the Word. Amen. For instance, You'll hear, and, and I'm just going to mention this real quickly. It's it's not my focus. But there will be ministers, they'll talk about all oh, those people running out, putting their trust in a shot, getting the jab, because that's they putting their trust in a shot, They're putting their trust in a vaccine. And there are people sitting in their church that got a vaccine, got a shot, because that's what they felt like they were led to do. But now all of a sudden they feel beat up. And they feel like they did something wrong because of his opinion. Now, I'm not preaching vax or anti-vax. That's not the point. The point is, if you don't believe you should get a shot, what's the Bible say about your faith? Help me out with this. It says, if you have faith, have it what? To yourself. Is that right? If you don't believe you need to get a shot, that's fine. Don't demean somebody that feels like they do. Amen. You believe that guy? He was in a car by himself wearing a mask. Well, what business is that of yours? Well, you can just tell he's afraid. How do you know that? What, what if he's got an autoimmune disease? What if he's taking chemotherapy? And he, he, he can't allow any germs in his body. Y'all with me this morning? See, we, we, we lump everybody into the same bowl. And it ends up not being love and not being truth. I'm talking about how we think today. How, how we think. 2022, the numbers 20 and the number 22. 20 is the number for expectancy. All throughout Scripture, 20 is connected to expectancy. 22 is connected to disorganization and disintegration. Now, think about that. Does that describe the year we're living in? A great year of expectancy, but boy, there's a lot of disorganization. Right? 22 is associated with the worst of Israel's kings. Jeroboam and Ahab. They both reigned 22 years. They were the worst. Now, what we can say unequivocally is right now we probably have some of the worst government issues we've ever had. Right? We could probably say inept. Would that describe it? Amen. Seem like people in government don't know what they're doing. Is that right? But yet, the Bible says pray for them. And pray what? That they'll come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Is that what we're supposed to do? I've I've heard preachers get up and preach long messages about, you know, all all of the things that, you know, government and how bad government is. and, And they would try to go through the Bible and prove that preachers in the Bible did that. You can't prove it. I've read this New Testament through, I know, 150 times. And I've read the whole Bible through more times than I know. And I'm telling you, you do whatever you want to do, but I'm telling you, the the most concise teaching you have in the entire New Testament about government leaders is pray for kings and all that are in authority. You don't see Paul protesting. You don't see Paul calling the church to protest and to get all politically involved. He says, pray for him. Well, don't you think preachers should be politically involved? I am politically involved right now by preaching the word of God to you about what the Bible says. If, if you remember before the election and, and, and we taught on the platform you stand on, I had people come up to me and say, my whole life, I have voted for politicians that were pro-abortion and anti-family because I thought that was how I needed to vote. But after you showed me from the Word of God, I'm going to cast my vote for pro-life and pro-family. See, it's not Democrat and Republic. It's who is the pro-life candidate? Who is the pro-family candidate? Amen. That This is important. Because it's, it's our thinking. How do I think? In, uh, you found, you're there in 2 Corinthians 10. As a believer, you cannot afford to give your mind and thoughts over to the information coming from the world. And this is because the way you think is how you see. And the way that you see determines how things are think CB. That never changes. The way I think is how I'm going to see it, and that's how it's going to be. To think like the world is to be in agreement with the world. Now, when I say that, we can immediately think, well, sin and, and living wrong, that, that's part of it. But to think like the world, you cannot think a different way if that's the source you're receiving from. right? The Word of God has to define my thought processes. What does the Word say? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, I, beseech, I, Paul, beseech you by the weak, meekness, and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent, I am bold towards you. I beseech you that I may not be bold when I'm present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Notice, he says, there's some people that think I walk according to the flesh. And that's where my boldness comes from. He said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So notice, he says, we walk in the flesh. In other words, we live in the flesh. Paul says we're body bound. We live in the world. We can't escape that. All right. I'm in the flesh. I'm in the world. The Bible says you're in the world, but you're not of the world. In other words, what makes me up is not the substance of this world. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. I can't escape that. I'm not warring or fighting according to the flesh. The Amplified Bible says we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh. And then it says this, and using mere... Human weapons. Mere human weapons. Oh, glory. You cannot fight fleshly thoughts with flesh. This is important. You you can't overcome flesh with flesh. You can't just keep a good thought. You can't provide an answer from a source that has no answers. Trying to have an answer from a source that has none. There's no answer there. The world and their sources have information. They have questions, but they have no answers. And, and here's what I'm trying to say. Is when you get the church parroting what's going on in the world, you're talking the problem, but no answer. Amen. I, I remember back uh, after the election, and there were a number of voices that were saying things, and and uh, they were saying, uh, uh, you know, this is going to happen, and this is all going to be overturned, and. And they've even said they heard from the Lord, and and they saw things. And I got the ministers in my fellowship around me, and I said, you better be careful. Better be careful. Because you get up and you start parroting this in your church. And if it doesn't happen, you're going to look like you can't hear from God. I had them smirk at me. I, I I had people basically tell me, you know, that I was not believing God. Guess what? It didn't happen. I had preachers calling me say, thank you for instructing me not to say that. Well, pastor, don't you think this is going to happen? Don't you think? Listen, here, here's what I know. Here, ever what happens, I got to keep my focus on what God said. I saw a guy at a gathering of prophets, a gathering of prophets, got on his knees and said he was hearing from God that 45 was going to come back in Air Force One and they were going to land and it was all going to get overturned. Didn't happen. Well, Pastor, I believe it's going to happen. Well, you believe whatever you want to, but that didn't happen. are Are you following me? If I give my mind over to everything that everybody's saying, I'm going to miss the point. My pastor's been preaching for two years. you got to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is keeping the gospel going. The main thing is understanding people are hurting right now. The main thing is remember that there are people, ever what you think of what's went on in our world, there are people that have suffered. There are people that have died. And when a man or a woman of God gets in a pulpit and they make light of something that took a loved one's life, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking right. Oh, this is, you know, this is a magic virus that can't travel six feet. And a person sitting in your congregation that lost a loved one from complications that were exacerbated by COVID-19, and you're standing up there in the pulpit trying to get them, saying something that makes light of something that helped take the life of their loved one. You understand? Well, bless God, I'll never have it. If you have faith, have it to yourself. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. This is important because he said, if I'm not going to think like the world, I can't be filling my mind with the the garbage of the world. I knew a young man one time, uh, uh, still know him, but he used to be part of our ministry. And if I would teach on like, I I would sometimes I would get to uh, to teaching and I would say, you know, the problem with some people is that that they they spend all day Saturday. I was talking about preachers mainly. They'll spend all day Saturday filling their minds with college football and college basketball and then they want to get up Sunday morning and have something fresh for the people but they spend all day filling their mind full of natural things. And he would always he would always say, "Well, I don't like football anyway. I don't like sports, so no big deal for me. But here's what he would do. He would spend all day on his phone swiping conspiracy theories and filling his mind full of all of those things. Eventually got him. What you give your mind to is what you're going to start thinking the most. Uh, Hallelujah. So he said in verse four here, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Not carnal. Notice the word, but mighty. But is a contrast. Not carnal, but mighty. To God, to to the through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Not carnal, but mighty. Our weapons are not based on the weakness of the flesh. They are mighty. The word mighty means powerful or capable. My weapons, the weapons of my warfare are powerful. They are capable of what? Pulling down strongholds. Fleshly weapons are not powerful or capable. Our weapons are mighty, they are powerful, and they are capable That verse explains why we don't war after the flesh. Because fleshly warfare is not powerful or capable. There are things in the nation that natural things are not powerful enough or capable enough of fixing. You understand? If I I don't war after the Spirit, I can't change it. Glory to God. Well, if we just get rid of this guy, you could get somebody ten times worse. Hallelujah. Well, if we could just get, no, we could get worse. We have to, we have to maintain what we believe based on what the Word said. Occupy your mind with the Word. Now, I'm, I'm going to get more in our thinking in just a moment, but notice He said, they're not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they are powerful and capable. If you start thinking like the world, you'll start warring like the world. And in order to do that, you have to lay down your powerful, capable weapons and rely on the weakness the world relies on. I'll, I'll touch on a couple of things here. Quit buying the lie that being informed is to be safe. I got to be informed. Got to know what's going on. Says who? Who said that? There's not one scripture that says, well, you got to be informed. Got to know what's happening. But there, there are believers, well, you know, to be informed is to be safe. That's a lie. There are believers that are not in church today because they're so informed. They have been so informed about the danger that's out there that they won't come to church. Hadn't been to church in two years. Caught COVID anyway. Didn't catch it from church. Hadn't been here. Now, now, I'm not running them down. I'm saying, do you see how they think? Don't go to church. Go to Walmart. Go to the grocery store. Keep going to work. Just don't go to church. Vaxed, double vaxed, boosted, masked, and staying at home, not coming to church, and still got it. Amen. Are you following me? There are people of my voice. You, bat- you battled COVID. And you're probably not really sure where you got it. But you never quit coming to church. You did what they asked you to do, and now you're back in church. Why? Because church is not the culprit, church is the answer. The, The enemy wants people thinking like the world so he can keep them away from the answer. Do you see what I'm saying? And if we don't preach the truth, if we don't preach the answer, if how can I believe different than the world if I'm thinking like the world? How can I think different if I'm feeding on the same thing they're feeding on? How can you think different if you come to church and all I do is give you a political commentary? You won't think different. Hallelujah. Amen. Say out loud, I'm thinking, I'm thinking different than the world. See, because that's where the enemy fights you. And you don't just cast thoughts down one time. You got to cast them down consistently. And the more fuel and the more ammunition that you're giving those thoughts, the harder you got to work to cast them down. Amen. Amen. Or are you following me? I I don't care what it is. I, I was on a Christian news site the other day looking for something, and every article, every article was running the government down. I didn't read them, but every article, every article. That's how the world thinks. The world runs their government leaders down. Christians, pray for them. Amen. Let me move on. See, because what I give my thinking to is building a stronghold. What I give my thinking to is building a stronghold. What you give your thinking to, let me use this example. Have you ever been standing maybe talking to somebody or maybe you're in a room and you just feel like somebody's looking at you? And you look over your shoulder, and sure enough, they are. They're looking right at you. Now think about that. Why did you feel that? You picked that up in your spirit. Deep calls to deep. You picked that up in your spirit. You didn't just feel in your senses they were looking at you. You picked that up in your spirit. What you give your thoughts to, you're going to eventually touch with your spirit. And once you start getting it in your spirit, it's going to affect you negatively or positively. If, 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 if you start thinking, uh, nobody likes me, nobody values me, you think that long enough, you're going to reach out and grab it with your spirit. I'm a failure. Now, that, th- those are simple things. But, right, if you start start thinking, everything's going wrong. Remember what he said? They'll start thinking like the world. And then they'll eventually start speaking like the world. And it'll be established to them. If I give my thinking over to ungodly sources, it will build a stronghold that will repel the word and the way I should be thinking. He said, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. When Paul wrote this, it was a uh, fortress that kept people out. The, The earlier Greek, the older Greek, described a prison that kept people in. So a stronghold, a wrong thought pattern, can not only keep the right things out, it will keep you locked up. And that's what the enemy wants, is you struggling in futility, trying to do what God wants you to do, but you're, you're still fighting a, a, a spiritual battle with human thoughts. Can't, you can't give your thoughts to those things because it repels the word. Whatever thought comes up first when you hear something is what you've been meditating on. Hallelujah. I know, I know people that if, if you just mention government, they oh, they just get angry. I can tell what they've been meditating on. I was, I was in a meeting with a group of preachers and ministers from all over the country, foreign lands, and we were, we were having lunch. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, one of the lady preachers began to shout, Woo, glory to God! She just started dancing all over the place. I thought, well, what in the world? Did she get some money or what? I don't know. And, uh, no, she had got some information from a conspiracy theory source. And she started shouting, I'm about to get my government back. I'm about to get my nation back. And, and I watched preachers all around her. They all just started shouting and dancing and jumping and, wow, ah, glory to God. It was a bunch of malarkey is what it was. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. You know, people were like, oh, isn't that great? I'm like, oh, it's great. I didn't know what they were shouting about. It's important. What needs to change in our nation is not going to change with natural human reasoning or involvement. We're seeing it change. We're seeing godliness starting to come to the surface again. I I, I want to say something. I just want you to understand this. Christians have this habit of having a knee jerk reaction. <clears throat> something happens and they just <clears throat> right. Oh, vaccine mandates. Every company's going to have a vaccine mandate. Oh, dear God, communism's coming. They're going to be flying the hammer and the sickle over the White House before you know it. Isn't it amazing that every one of those has been struck down? I'm speaking truth. Why? They keep prayer, and they keep running into a little thing called the Constitution. that thankfully godly men put in place for just such an event. Are are you following me? But if you panic and you start thinking worldly thoughts, oh, God, what are we going to do? Oh, God, oh, God, you're going to miss everything that God's doing in the earth. Do you realize this year, this year, the Supreme Court will hear the case that could overturn Roe v. Wade in our lifetime. They will hear it, and it can turn that case over. We have the most conservative, pro-family, pro-life, pro-Bible, pro-church, Supreme Court in the history of our nation. It is is time for this thing to turn, but we got to speak truth and love. I believe God's gearing the church up for one more lap around the world. It's what I believe. But I'll tell you who's not going. I'll tell you who first load folk aren't. People that are giving their minds and their thoughts over to the things of the world, speaking like the world, acting like the world. Folks, that there are things we're not supposed to be involved in. The Bible says you're supposed to think on things that are good and pure and just and holy. If there's any virtue and if there's any praise, you need to think on those things. That is not a request, that is a command. Are you following me? I've heard Christians say, "Oh, that that president, I just oh, I just hate him." What? You hate? It's not a fruit of the spirit. Hate's a sin. When you're talking about your fellow brother, your fellow human being, hate is a sin. I hate sin. I hate the devil. I hate no one. Well, that's important. I hate what's going on in the world. I understand what you mean by that. You can hate the the product, but you can't hate The person. And and if you do despise them, Jesus said, pray for them. Pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. You thought I forgot. The church has this knee-jerk reaction. Everything's going under. Dear God, it won't be long. We'll be hiding in caves. We'll be having to preach secretly. Buy all the beans you can. Get all the water. Get some beanie weenies and deviled ham. and Right? Get some rations. No. The church is the hope of the world. On this rock I will build my church in the very gates of hell. Death itself will not prevail against it. See, there's nothing the devil can do to defeat you until you give your mind over to him. And when you start thinking the way he wants you to think, you're whipped. You can be the most anointed vessel in the world. And if you're thinking the thoughts the enemy wants you to think, you're done. Because if you can't think it, you can't see it and you can't be it. But if you do think it, you will see it and you will be it. Listen. Why, why do you think, I tell you the story, that person looked at me when my wife and I started our ministry and said, you're the bottom of the barrel of our family. Who you think you are? You'll never do anything for God. And people say, well, what did you do? Well, I told you. I just took my wife's hand and said, come on, honey, let's go do what God told us to do. I don't have time for that. What you think means very little to me. Very little. That's not arrogance. That's not... Cockiness is not pride. What you think is not what God thinks. Am I helping you? Verse 5 says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The Moffat translation says, I demolish theories. Whew. And any rampart thrown up to resist the knowledge of God. Any rampart. Well, a rampart was a ramp that they built to get over the wall. They threw it up. It took time to build a rampart. Didn't happen overnight. Amen. The, the 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 Jews in the in the later day of the revolution after Jesus had had died and after they'd been occupied, they, a group of them went to the place called Masada, the Palace of Masada, which was Herod's vacation home. It was impenetrable. But the 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 Romans spent years building a ramp to get over those walls. By the time they got there, they'd all killed themselves. But here's my point: it took years to do it. When a thought pops into your mind, that didn't just show up. How long has the enemy been building a road to get that thought into your mind? He doesn't need your help. You, You understand what I mean? Don't give him your help to get that thought in your mind. He said, I demolish them. I cast them down. Pastor Michelle talked about that word cast down as the word kata, to come down hard on, forcefully on. That's not a game. We we don't quote these scriptures because we're word of faith. We don't quote these scriptures because we're word people. We quote these scriptures because my mind, my thoughts, my future is at stake. Amen. Amen. The thoughts of the world are theories. They're ramparts thrown up to resist the knowledge of God. They're theories. They they don't hold any weight. The thoughts of the world are fortifications against the truth of the word. And what happens is many believers are fortifying their minds against the word. How? By giving their mind over to the theories produced by the thoughts of the world. They give their mind to the theories of the thoughts of the world, uh, 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 conspiracy theories, all these other things, and they are fortifying their minds against the Word. Amen. Amen. Some people are getting their information from family members. Hallelujah! I'll tell you what. This is what you need to believe. This is and and however they want to put it. (laughs) There are some of your family members that are not good sources of information, and you need to not listen to them. Amen. There, there, there are some people. You may be older. You may not. Well, hopefully, uh, you, you may be an adult out on your own. Your father's not the best source of information, or your mom, or cousin, whoever. But a lot of people get their information from their family members. Here's one: a lot of people get their information from Facebook. We live in a generation that has trained themselves that when they get up in the morning, they got to look at Facebook to make sure somebody didn't make breakfast that they don't know about. Now, we laugh about it, but I'm with people continually. And every ding, buzz, vibrate, that phone makes one noise, they're looking at it. Constantly. Well, I saw it on Facebook. Oh, it's got to be true, doesn't it? Because you saw it on Facebook. I remember years ago, you know, they, they were regulating TV advertising. And they said this one time. I heard this. You know, if it's, they, they said this. If it's on TV, it's got to be true. That, that's what they said. That's how they got away with ye- for years telling you that cigarettes were healthy. Some of y'all aren't old enough to remember that. I'm Dr. Ben Jones. Camel non-filter is my brand. Right? It expands your lung capacity. That's true? Oh, that's why I'd walk a mile for a camel. Camel. I dated myself again. And then the filters came out. I'm Dr. Ben Jones. My cigarette is cool, ultra filter. Oh, the menthol taste is smooth and refreshing. Expands your lung function. Right? Show the Marlboro Man riding across the plains of Wyoming and Texas. Didn't want to tell you that almost all the Marlboro Men died from lung cancer. Now, I know you you know different than that, but, but think about it. People were getting their information from the media and going and buying camels and buying cools And killing themselves. Hallelujah. And if you don't have social media, people look at you like you're weird. What? What? You don't TikTok? Snapchat? Facebook? Right? Well, you know, he's just not with it. Yeah, there's a lot he don't have to think about. Amen. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I just want to be informed. Remember what I told you? Don't buy the lie that to be informed is to be safe. Who's giving you that information? Where is it coming from? Why do you need it? I wonder if when that person's in prayer when their phone dings, I wonder if they quit talking to God and start looking at Facebook. Could it be that's why we have a generation don't know anything about the moving of God? Because they're getting all their information from the world. And we're too busy trying to be cool. And too too busy trying to be with it. Too busy trying to prove that we know what's going on in society. And you got preachers who don't fast anymore. Don't pray anymore. Don't seek God. Don't consecrate themselves. And say, God, there's things I want more than food. Because I want to be Cool. And that's, and that's what they think. That's how they think it needs to be. And so we've got youth groups that know nothing about God because their youth pastor is more concerned about being in with the crowd and being up to date with everything. You've got churches that know nothing about the moving of the Spirit of God because the pastor's more concerned about being with it and about being relevant to sinners than he is about changing the minds of the people he has. Do you see that? And so, and so it becomes something where, you know, after all, I, I want to be relevant. And then don't get me started on the news. There, 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 there are people that you know that sit all day long with their brand of news playing all day. It's on in their house all day long. Fox, CNN, whatever the other ones are. Yeah, but I watch Christian news. Yeah, and if you don't watch it about your Christian news, you'll become critical. You'll become a finger pointer. Because you don't just get news, you get opinion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will repost everything that you believe. Now, when I say repost, I'm not talking about your social media. I'm talking about you will repost right here everything you believe. You'll repost right here everything that you believe. I I want you to know everybody's not afraid. Everybody's not afraid. Isn't it funny? When When the numbers go up, you get all the information. When they go down, everybody's quiet. Why? Because if it bleeds, it leads. Amen. What was it? Delta and then Omicron or whatever it was. Sound like a transformer. Omicron. I'm not making light of it. I'm just saying, that's all you heard. Oh, Omicron, 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 <clears throat> Omicron. And now Omicron's waning. And now what do they got to do? <laughs> you understand? Hallelujah. You don't hear anybody rejoicing all, about all these states dropping their mask mandates. Kids are going to be able to go back to school and not have to wear a mask. Isn't that great? Amen. I, I was dropping Lily off Friday, and I said, now, now Monday, I said, remember, Monday, uh, there's no more mass. And she goes and looks at me and goes, is it Monday? <laughs> Not yet, but it's coming. Dropping them left and right. Liberal states, dropping them left and right. And all the church can talk about is something ugly, because that's where their thoughts are. Everybody's not sick. Everybody is not sick. You don't need to be afraid of your neighbor or the person at Starbucks or Walmart or the person sitting beside you in church. Let me say that again. The person sitting beside you in church. Right, we sometimes, yes. You said that. I did not say that. Connie, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I know not what he is saying. Right? But, but, but now, now, I got to hurry. I got a little bit more here. But people will say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I, you know, I just want to hold off. Listen to me. Listen to me. If, even if you are countermanding Scripture because you say you're trying to be safe, you're still countermanding Scripture. Because it said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And he said, even the more as you see the day approaching. It's not about getting people in the chair. I love the numbers that we get from our YouTube channel and, and people watching online. I love everybody. But listen, there is something, there is such an anointing in this room right now to set people free. You're just, you're just not going to get it sitting at home in your home clothes, sipping coffee, watching like you're watching a TV program. Mm. Everybody's not struggling. There are people on the sound of my voice, you've got raises and bonuses this year already. Yeah, the best year financially last year than you've had all year, in, in, in a very, 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 very long time. Why? Because see what you give your thoughts to. You know what you know what you know what people will do, including Christians they'll take one picture of empty shelves and take that same picture and put it on every article. I personally have not encountered that. I encountered it with milk and eggs because people in Arkansas if they say it's going to drop below twenty nine 39, they go and clean out the store. You following me? You can't think that way. You can get your thoughts from what you binge on. What you binge watch on Netflix. Hmm. That's important. I've had Christians tell me, man, I spent all day the other day looking at that one show. What? All day? Oh, I just got so into it. All day. But then that same person will come to you and say, how do you study more? How can I pray more? You got to binge on it. You got to binge on it. Scary movies. I've I've talked to Christians. Oh, I just love scary movies. What? Why would you do that? Why would you open your mind up to that when God has not given you the spirit of fear? If you're afraid, God didn't do it. Oh, pastor, this is elementary. I know, so elementary, it'll change your life. murder documentaries, violence. I'm sorry, I'm, maybe to you I sound old-fashioned. What business do we have sitting around watching movies where people are getting their heads blown off, bodies riddled with bullets? We don't, we, you understand? That's not God. Oh, well, I think you like those movies. But that's why those thoughts are there. That's why you struggle with things. That's a breeding ground for fear. Amen. There are people so afraid, so afraid their child's going to get kidnapped. They watch every show about a kidnapped child. Every news report that comes up, they watch it. And they binge on it. They gorge on it. The Bible says, great will be the peace of my children. Amen. Well, you better watch going to Walmart with your kids. There are trolls in Walmart. There are people in Walmart. And they're just looking for a little kid to be by themselves. Listen, that person is everywhere. There are sick people in this world. And that's why the Bible tells you to guard your family. That's why the Bible tells you that a child left to themselves gets in trouble. I don't know about you. I don't let my child go wherever they want to go in Walmart. You're not going by yourself. You're going with me. Me and my little friend. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our method of overcoming these thoughts is to cast them down, demolish them. We don't cast them down by just saying, I cast you down. In order to demolish those thoughts, I have to use the word of God. Jeremiah 23, 29. I'm almost done if you bear with me. Jeremiah in the Amplified Bible, he said, Is not my word like fire that consumes all that cannot endure the test, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance? The Living Bible says my word is like a mighty hammer. No, you might have to lay the hammer to that thought over and over and over and over again because when it first comes, it'll seem like, ah, it's silly. That's ridiculous. Why would I think that way? It's coming back because that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say, say, it's silly. It says, take the hammer and destroy it. Take the hammer and destroy it. Is that Right? The word breaks and shatters the strongholds, the world's thoughts attempts to build. It consumes them. The fire consumes them. The hammer breaks them. Notice in in, uh, Exodus 7, and I'm not going to take the time to, you can write that down, Exodus 7, 10 through 12. It tells us the account of when Moses and Aaron stood before Pharaoh, and God had told Moses at the burning bush, he said, this is going to be a sign that I'm with you. He said, you're going to throw your rod down, and it's going to become a serpent. Amen. Well, the the Egyptians, the magicians came out and threw their rods down, and the same thing happened, right? But look at the rest of that. It says, they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. A serpent is a picture of cunning, of slyness, a picture of an attempt to stand against the word. And the magicians of Egypt attempted to stand against the word and their efforts were swallowed up by the word. The word will swallow up the thoughts of the world if you allow them to, if you allow them to. Hebrews 4.12, you remember what it says? It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And the joints and the marrow and the discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So notice what the word does. The word separates. What's it separate? Soul and spirit. What I'm thinking, my mind, my will, my emotions, I take the word and I separate it. The only way I can think right is let the word separate my wrong thinking because the word separates the soul, the thinking, and the spirit. My spirit can't have the ascendancy as long as my natural mind and its thoughts are the focus. I, I'll, I'll wrap this up here. There there are things, there, there are things, I have had people before that, just their thinking. It was just unreasonable. Why would you think that way? Because you give your thoughts to it. Amen. Have you ever been around somebody who's just unreasonable? Just their thoughts are unreasonable. Amen. There are people with conspiracy theories that are just unreasonable. I had a guy get mad at me and leave the church because I didn't believe the earth was flat. Now, if you believe that, I'm not mad at you. You believe whatever you want. It's not a sin. You're not going to go to hell if you believe the earth's flat. I believe you'll get there and find out it was round. But that's my opinion. That's what I believe. Why would somebody be so unreasonable? Because that's what they think on all the time. Why would somebody get so mad about what's going on in the world? Isn't it interesting? The Bible never says get mad when things go wrong in the world. It says rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Is that right? Why? He said because, because it's about to wrap up. If we believe we're in the last days, we ought to be more joyful, more positive, more upbeat now than we have ever been if you really believe the trumpet's about to sound and we're about to experience that great getting up morning, you should have more joy in your salvation right now than you've ever had before. Amen. Amen. All that God's doing in our, in our ministries, everything that God's doing in the ministry, in, in the church. I'm, I, I go back tomorrow and Pastor Michelle and I have a Zoom meeting with a uh, 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 radio uh, Vita Real, Real Life. I met these pastors in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And Pastor Michelle had met them in California. And, and, and they, they own the, uh, a huge uh, internet radio station. And uh, they want us to come on for free eight times a week. And they're going to beam that signal into Spain and South America and Central America. Amen. For nothing. Nothing. Hallelujah. Doors are opening. Pastor Michelle's new book with Harrison House Publishers comes out this fall. Amen. Other things happening in the television ministry, in the churches. The churches are growing. The churches are thriving. People getting saved. And maybe not you, maybe present company excluded, but there are people that go to churches that God's doing the same thing in their midst and their thoughts are given to other things and given to the things of the world and they can't even see the opportunities and what God is producing in their midst. Because their mind is focused on the wrong thing. Well, I'm persuaded better things of you. But you, you got to deal with that. Listen, let me, let me finish with this. The only thing the enemy's got to, get, got to do to get you off your focus or get you off of your, I don't want to say this, your uh, goal, mess with your mind. That's all he's got to do. That's it. Just thoughts. And and right, have you ever have you ever have you ever thought a thought? Have you, Has your spouse ever said something to you? Now don't don't raise your hand. Has has your spouse ever said, especially you? Has has <laughs> <laughs> you already? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, has has your spouse ever said something to you? and and, and you know. Man, you thought, what do they mean by that? And the more you thought about it, the worse it got. And you know, you you even say things like this. Now, look, I'm not going to think that way. That's just unreasonable. But then you go, but they said it. What do they mean by it? Right? And before you know it, you're in there confronting them. Now, exactly what do you mean by that? Well, I didn't mean anything. Oh, nothing. You didn't mean anything by it. Why'd you say it? You didn't mean nothing by it. Well, honey, I just meant, oh, that's what you meant. Why, not what you said. You've been there, right? And before you know it, your veins are bulging. They assume this stance, which means you're in trouble. Yeah right? It was unreasonable. When, when the thought came, what did they mean? What should you have done? Took the word. Bam. That is my wife. I love my wife as Christ loves the church. She would never say anything to me to try to hurt me. I don't know what she meant, but I know it wasn't bad. I know it was good. Amen. Do you see that? And then you just walk around the house thinking, oh, she's a good, good wife. Oh, a good, good wife loves me like honey candy. Well, I don't like honey candy, whatever kind of candy you like. I know that's a simple example, but that's how the devil works. What do they mean by that? Why didn't they ask you to do that? I mean, you're faithful. Why didn't they ask you to do it? why didn't Pastor recognize you? Right? I mean, you help out with the youth all the time. When Jeremy was thanking everybody publicly at the year-end party, why didn't he mention you? Because he's human and he forgot. Were you working in the youth because you wanted recognition or were you working in the youth because you were doing it because that's what God told you to do? Are you doing what you're doing because that's what God asked you to do? Or because you want somebody to see that you're doing something? It's 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 just unreasonable. It just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So if you think that way, that's what you gotta deal with, that's what you gotta live with. Amen. Not us. Not me, me. I cast down imagination and every every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's stand up today, shall we?